What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to a special live edition of Smack Talk presented by SmackOutMoment.com. This is the WWE 2016 Fastlane pay-per-view post-show. We're going to be recapping our thoughts on the event, giving our opinions of what just transpired before the dust has fully settled. And before we get started, let me introduce to you the panel that'll be talking tonight. I am your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on the call is Steven Wago. Yo, yo, yo. And Mike Payton. <laughs> the hell's that? <laughs> Remember when Brock Lesnar did that really weird scream? Oh, shit, yeah. Why doesn't he do that anymore? That I cool. don't know. That would have been so awesome if he would have just pulled that out tonight. <laughs> Especially, like, every power bomb. It would have just been like, oh, not again! <laughs> I'd rather him have made that um, noise Christian did when he was trying to do an impression of Rusev. Oh, or God. When, when he was getting power bombed, if he did, like, that really cartoony sound, like when Goofy falls off a ledge. <laughs> and it would have made a good, like, boing sound or something like that. That would have been awesome. Uh, so we're going to be uh, also checking out to see what you guys have to say in the chat and toss out a couple of your comments now and again if anything stands out. Shout outs to the people that are in the chat right now. Ben Guest, Wazili, Carl Dot, or Carl period, not sure how you want to go by, <laughs> Mara Supremo, Declan, and Brian the Brain, and three others that are elsewhere listening in. Go to Mixler.com slash Radio. Oh, there we have five elsewhere. Uh, sign up for a name so we can actually say what you are talking about and stuff and give credit to you guys. Uh, so let's just dig into this with the pre-show of the night. Our kickoff was a two out of three falls match for the United States Championship. Titus O'Neil's coming in. <laughs> he's got nothing better to do, so he's just popping up on the uh, push-out, right? Suspensions. Uh, Callisto was successful in retaining against Alberto Del Rio. What did you guys think about this match? Wago, I'm going to start off with you. Well, going into this match, I expected to be bored out of my wits and pretty much just keep it on in the background. But I was surprised. These guys had a hell of a match. I actually liked that Del Rio wasted one of his falls just to get more offense using a steel chair. That was cool. Um, really good outing by both of these guys. And it's a shame that the match that followed did uh, because it somewhat brought the crowd back down. Uh, this probably should have opened up the main card. I got to agree with that. I mean, I was surprised. I went into Fastlane not excited at all. And, uh, yeah, I'm, like, tired today. My allergies are bugging me. I know that this event's not going to be worth all that much or whatever. And then when we see the pre-show match and it's something that we've seen five, six times already and, you know, it's just sort of like, all right, can we just, like, skip to the end of the night sort of a thing? But they surprised me. And the first thing that actually got me to wake up a little bit was that first uh, decision. Del Rio getting himself disqualified using a chair to set up so he has a weakened Callisto and makes it a little bit easier for himself. Makes sense. I like when they do that kind of logical stuff. So I'm I'm going to do this again, and I'm going to reference how awesome Lucha Underground is. Because earlier this year, there was uh, – it was basically the equivalent of an Iron Man match they had between Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Morrison, against – Prince Puma, who both of these guys are basically their big stars. And the way this match went, John Morrison took a chair, beat the shit out of Puma with it, got the disqualification, but then he was able to just pin him over and over and over and got like five falls at the beginning of that match. He should have got disqualified for every chair shot, though. (laughs) Yeah, technically. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, is it one confrontation? Or is, what is it? Because you think about, like, 
if a person refuses to break a hold when someone gets to the ropes, is that one offense or do you count them multiple times for every time you say, hey, get off, hey, get off, hey, get off? <laughs> DQ, 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 just left and right. Uh, Peyton, what did you think about Callisto and Del Rio? Did this match live up to whatever hype that you had going into it? Well, I had no hype going into it, so I would say it surpassed it. The anti-Mojo Raleigh uh, point of view? Yeah, that was the bold Dempsey point of view of it. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to sit back and eat some chips. Uh, these guys went out there and overperformed. I think these guys definitely had to have felt slated getting kicked to the pre-show, and I think they went out there as attitude like, all right, well, we know the rest of the show is going to bomb, so let's go out there and let's steal the show. Which, unfortunately, I don't know if I can say they did. I, I do think there's another match that surpassed it, but this one kicked a lot of ass. I think I saw someone in the Mega Maniacs chat say that this was the best pre-show match of all time, and they may not be wrong. This could very well be the best pre-show match of all time. Wasn't that um, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs with a midget pre-show match? Because that was a pretty fun fucking that match. That was pretty I think great. So. And there was also that um, Shield-Usos tag match that was really, really good. Hmm. And there may be something from like the 90s that I can't think of, but it, this was way, way up there, if not the top. And I have to say one thing I really like throughout it, you're talking about innovative things they did. I love that Del Rio is innovating his border jump move. We saw like three different variations of it in this match. The more he has of different ways that he can pull it out, the better. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that was so annoying about the 619, it was how every time it was set up the same way. Well, I mean, technically it was either a drop kick or maybe he would do like the toe hold kind of thing or something like that. But it was just like... He would do a Hurricane Rana once in a while. Yeah, it was like, you know, you only got a couple of ways to set up the move and it's kind of unbelievable. But if Del Rio can pull that out, no matter like where you are in the ring, all the more reason for it to be his finisher, you know? But he didn't win with uh, his decision with that finisher, right? It wasn't that the, the backstabber. No, he uh, no, he did win it. He had him spe like spin on the middle rope and did it. Hmm. So that was one of those like I turned away real quick and forgot that I can rewind the past ten seconds kind of deals. But I do like uh, the setup for this match for how they had Del Rio do that chair shot, then get a pinfall, and then so Callista getting that third. Uh, decision, you know? So I guess we were all wrong. Um, we all kind of said that uh, this match would be bad and it shouldn't have really had a gimmick or two out of three falls. Well, um, hats off, they proved us wrong. Oh, I never said it shouldn't have that gimmick. I thought it was very fitting to have the gimmick, actually, because these are both luchadors and the two out of three falls matches like the most common thing you have. I'm pretty sure you said this was a really dumb idea and you hate Lucha Libra. I'm pretty sure that Payton specifically said Lucha Underground's terrible. I'm pretty sure he said that Jim Cornette's opinion on Lucha Underground is the truth and nothing but the truth. I'm pretty sure I wasn't even there Wednesday. <laughs> I think Payton said that everybody in WWE is terrible, but uh, people like Eden Styles and just started pointing out the most ridiculous shit in the world. What's wrong with Eden Styles? There's nothing wrong with liking Eden Styles. No, she's actually gorgeous. I don't know why I picked her name out. <laughs> yeah, that was random. I don't know, I'm tired. Well, there's but... only one styles worth talking about. No, there's two styles. Nah. We'll get to the other one later on, though. Oh, Joey? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> you got me on that one. Uh, so, I do have to have one bone to pick about this, though. Callisto has been sort of a fluke with the Del Rio matches lately, and I do think him winning with a roll-up here was not the best way for him to solidify that win. 
he still doesn't look like a solid United States champion to me. Agree, disagree? Anybody have any opinions about that? Let him have a title reign first. Yeah, he hasn't really gotten to move on from his initial victory. He's been kind of finishing his business with Del Rio, who he got the title from. Big reigns are not made off of their first opponent. He's, he needs to have a good, solid victory at WrestleMania and then hold that title continuing for another two or three months. And then he'll be at a point that we could really judge it. Unless he loses it at some point between then, in which case it, it was just a double transitional champion, I guess. I just kind of think this would have been a lot more beneficial if he would have won with the Salida Del Sol. Because really, it's not hurting Del Rio to lose to him. He's the champion. And a roll-up's like, you know, he, he won the kind of fluke stuff before, and this sort of makes it look like he got his ass kicked with the chair, Del Rio pins him, and then it's just kind of like, oh, got to roll up. Uh-huh, well, I, I think that's actually part of the story. The fact that he was so beaten down, he didn't have the energy to get the Salida Del Sol. So which, he had to fight and scrap his way to get that victory as much as he could. Which, that'd be fine if that was the, the only time it happens, but knowing the setup that they've had up for the other times that he's won, that's what kind of bugs me about it. Like, I honestly do think Del Rio's on a better, like bigger level than Callisto, so I'm actually fine yeah. with them being a little bit protective, because at the end of the day, they had him give away one of his falls and get rolling up. Both yeah, guys I mean, came out looking... D- Go on, Mike. Del Rio came in on his first night and beat Cena for that. Cleanly. Yeah, you can't just have Callisto just knock him off, because, let's face it, Callisto's a fucking midget. Yeah, but I'm worried that WWE is going to book themselves into a corner with this, where they book Callisto to look a little weak, and then they start believing that he's weak, and then they don't push him, and then it ends up being a pointless title reign. I don't That's know. I think, uh, I think the biggest issue about this whole feud is how um, much it's dropped uh, Del Rio's value. Yeah, I think he can bounce back. I don't that, think that's been a lot of things. That I mean, that was the whole okay. odd pairing with Zeb, and then even being in Liga Nations hasn't done him many favors. Oof. Well, here's here's the thing: has it really elevated Callisto? Eh, not really. Yeah, but I it's... mean, compared to not being on TV at all or doing dumb tag matches with the Lucha Dragons, it's elevated Callisto. But at the same time, he's not at the United States Championship level yet. That's what but I'm he's worried far about. from the Neville level. Oh yeah, well, that's not even close. <laughs> Gravity really pulls Callisto down. <laughs> That's the problem. Not as hard as Sankara. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on here. We had our first match of the official card itself was Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch defeating Naomi and Tamina Snuka. Raw caliber match. Predictable outcome. Not bad. But, I mean, this is going to be something that I repeat quite often on this review, which the good stuff on this pay-per-view was not great for the most part. It was good, but it also would have been a really, really good episode of Monday Night Raw, and it's not a really good pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. Oh, okay. Well, before we move on to this Divas match, I think this is a good overarching point worth discussing, because there was a report that came out, and I don't know if, I'm sure this is something we're saving for a hot tag, but I think this is apropos to bring up here as well, that WWE is considering changing their pay-per-view model and doing less pay-per-views and focusing more on the WWE Network special events. And... I had an exact thought as this was going off the air. This felt like a perfect special event. Yeah. Like back in the day, Saturday main, Saturday night main event. That's what this was. Or in that's your what house. This would have been an excellent, or, or in your house. Yep. Which is when this would have been. There would This would have been in your house this time of year. Which that's totally fine. Like the distinction between – it's a little harder nowadays to look at like WWE special network events from pay-per-views. 
but there is a distinction, and you can get away a lot more with, like, a Beast from the East type of event, or, you know, coming up soon we're going to have March to WrestleMania, the Toronto special. I'm not expecting that to be on par with, like, SummerSlam or anything like that. And Fastlane shouldn't necessarily be one of the big four or anything like that, but it's also something where if you market it to be on the same level, it should be on the same level. And Fastlane sucked last year. I had no interest in it this year, and I look at the way that this turned out as if I stand away from the pay-per-view point of view and I look at it as just another three hours of wrestling entertainment, then I liked a match like this. And if I go with, this should be on par with, say, Money in the Bank, then it isn't. Well, here's what it comes down to. Once upon a time, we had to judge this as, is this worth fifty four ninety nine in value? Right. And, and if that was the totally case, isn't. hell no. Was this worth nine ninety nine in value, plus this cool Edge and Christian show that came up afterwards that I only watched like the first five minutes of, but were was really fucking funny. It was like way better than their segment they had tonight. Okay, uh, I don't know if I called it way funny. It was kind of dumb. I loved it. How Vince McMahon just like no sold Christian being there. It was like, that I like the whole, just like the weird things that were coming out of the remote. I'm like, okay, that's just slapstick. I don't really mm. care. Yeah. Okay, well, well, point is, it's worth nine ninety nine. Considering all the other stuff you get with the nine ninety nine, it's worth it for sure. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same as you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, Ride Along really sucked. I think I, the, everybody should cancel their subscriptions. Bullshit. Come on, just don't watch Ride Along. Fast Lane's the type of thing where they built this up as like a completely skippable pay per view for the most part. And if you skipped it, you weren't going to really miss anything. You know, you skip Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch beating Naomi and Tamina, nobody gives a shit. Like, this match didn't do anything to change anything in the landscape of WWE. Nobody's going to be like, oh, well, now I actually buy into Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch being worth a damn. They did before. So this match should have been on the pre-show, and yep. Alberto and Callisto should have been the first match on the card, right? Definitely. Because this wasn't bad either, that's the thing. Like, uh, I don't really have anything to complain about for this match. I didn't think it was a bad match, but I definitely didn't think it was a pay-per-view quality match. This was a solid Raw match. Yeah. And, I mean, it, the fact that it was a tag team match really points out how it was a Raw match, too, because we get those constantly on Monday Night Raw. Or we would get the same thing on SmackDown, or I assume main event and Superstars. Actually, we probably wouldn't get that at main event. We would get Becky Lynch versus Tamina at Superstars or something like that. But if you look at it as a Raw match, I think it's, you know, thumbs up. If you look at it as a pay-per-view, it's not good enough. And If they wanted to breathe some life into this Divas division, they should have just had Fastlane um, build up to a final to decide who's going to be the number one contender for the Divas title and had Charlotte win her match. Like, this pay-per-view should be used for establishing what's happening at Mania, and there's a lot of circumstances that that didn't happen. Yeah, to an extent. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw out about the uh, Divas Tag Match? I am noticing much improvement from Tamina. I am just throwing it out there. I I watched clips of her match that she had on SmackDown with Sasha Banks, which looked fantastic. I I noticed a, a bit more confidence in her. Through her both of her segments that she had tonight with the interview and the the match, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm proud of the girl. She's stepping up. Naomi, uh, you know, it, she's been working into this for a while, but she has finally distinguished herself as a unique. Because you know, sometimes when you look back, you could watch a divas match from 2006, and you'll see some of these people. You're like, I don't even remember this chick existing. Yeah, <laughs> like 
what's the one? Not um, Joy Giovanni. Yeah, like, I watched like something where she's on. Like, who the fuck is this chick? I don't remember her at all. <laughs> Wait a minute, she's kind of hot. Who is this? I'll say Tamina is an underrated hand, and I think she's been an underrated hand for a while. Um, she's always been a sidekick to somebody though, and that's yeah. her biggest issue. She was a sidekick to the Uso. Well, she was a sidekick to AJ Lee, and she's been a sidekick to Unity. Why is there not a role for a female Tyson Tomko? I'm saying there isn't, but I'm saying she hasn't really had a time to shine, so we haven't really got to see what she can do. And I think that fact that maybe not completely as much as they should, but we are seeing a shift in focus from just being sexy to a focus on athleticism and competitiveness works a lot in her favor. Yeah, because, I mean, she's not like a bad-looking woman or anything like that, but she's really different from some of the others. She's not a model. And right. I'm glad that we're having that dynamic shift because let's face it, like, does anybody really like? Can you really do the whole sex appeal thing in a PG era? No, and you know what? You could pull off a lot of that stuff back when the internet wasn't as viable to get porn. You know what I mean? Like, you could have, say, Sable. She comes out there, she's wearing a bikini, and everybody goes absolutely nuts. Nowadays, you can just go, all right, well, let me check out Eva Marie's Instagram, and you can see more. And fucking bikinis are, like, pretty much half of the shit which women wear to wrestle in anyway. Right, so you gotta do something else, and you gotta make it more credible. So show them actually being athletic. And all four of the women in this match are athletic. They're all good in the ring. So it was just a matter of, like, they can all pull it off, and they they did fine. You know. Good job. Like, it's nothing special. That's the yeah. type of way that like, you can I'd like of... to give them all a firm pat on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a sexist way, in the uh, the baseball nice job pat on the butt way, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on here, we had the Intercontinental Championship. Kevin Owens defeated Dolph Ziggler to retain his title. I know you guys have been down on these two for quite a while, or at least uh, uh, Ziggler and his chemistry with Kevin Owens. I think that it was a good match. Uh, again, it's another thing where it was ultimately forgettable, but I enjoyed it. And I wrote something up in one of my reviews that I put up on uh, Bleacher Report. If you look at just this match on its own, you ignore the fact that we have gotten fatigued from watching it a bunch of times, and you ignore the fact that we see these kind of matches all the time and whatever like that. If this was the first time you were watching a wrestling event, I think that you would look at this in the exact same way that you would look at a lot of the things that we always talk about were the yesteryear great days of the Intercontinental Championship. Ziggler being somebody like a Mr. Perfect, Owens being like a Roddy Piper type. I think that these two epitomize what that championship should be about. It's well, just a matter of we've seen it a bunch of times. You know, it's it's funny you say things we've seen a bunch of times and things that are representative of the past of the Intercontinental Championship because when I looked at Dolph Ziggler tonight, you know what screamed to me? That ugly I, ass hair. <laughs> 1999 Chris Jericho. Hmm. I was watching out of the corner of my eye and I thought Kevin Owens was wrestling Chris Jericho from 1999. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I forgot because I didn't even remember this match was happening. Then what specifically made you think 1999 Jericho? The awful hair, the black and red tights. Yeah, the tights especially, I think, made him look a lot like it. And just his style is very Jericho-esque. I mean, he's him and Miz were always the two biggest people to be accused of being those Jericho wannabes when he was doing that run. So, as far as this match goes, I thought it was their best um, outing yet. 
they've not had good chemistry up until now, and I'm glad that they finally delivered when it mattered. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I hope this feud's done with now. I mean, they've wrestled enough. Yeah. I know that I know they had a good outing tonight, but I'm done. I've had my fill. Mm. I'm. I think AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens would probably be the best um, path to go with now. Yeah, Ziggler just needs to kind of like fuck off for a while, forever. Yeah. Nah, I mean they should be done, and I don't know what they could do with either of these two. It looks like they're doing Owens and Styles most likely, and Ziggler's probably just going to be involved in the onto the Giant Battle Royal or something. But this best, was a good way to cap it off, I think. Best place for Ziggler right now is wrestling the NXT guys. Hey, that could be a great spot for him. Reinvigorate him. You know, we talk about like putting somebody like a Big Show in there. Ziggler could have a hell of a lot of fun in NXT. Don't put him on WrestleMania. Put him on that Dallas special. Put him in a match against. Shit, put him and Tyler Breeze on that card. Actually, <laughs> I, you, I know. Even though we've seen that match, well, I bet you they'll do better on there. So Nakamura's fighting Sami Zayn, right? Yep. Yes. Nakamura versus Ziggler could have been good too. Mm-hmm. And you could do Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. And you could put Styles versus. I don't know. Undertaker. <laughs> Triple H for the world title and nature still wins. I agree. <laughs> so we had our Titans versus the Wyatt family match. The Big Show, Kane, and Ryback against uh, Eric Rowan, Braun Strowman, and Luke Harper. Although you couldn't really consider Braun Strowman as a member of this match. He didn't do shit that I can really remember. Which is a good thing because he still sucks. Like, How could anybody imagine that this dude would have been a good person to wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania? I never bought into that. I did because I thought it was something that they would totally end up just, you know, shutting their eyes and being la la la, the two big guys. I think I, that they'll work. La, la, la. I think if this was 1994, they would think that. 1994. I, I yeah. <laughs> if I, I had, think... good. If I had a guy like Strowman, the best thing you can do for him is either be a bodyguard or just take him grocery shopping with you so he can reach all the tall things. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the future, Strowman might be awesome. Now he isn't. Like he needs a good two years before he's worth a damn. I think. I think the best you can do with him is just protect him, which they have done an awful job doing. They've they've done nothing but expose him every opportunity they can. So all right, so on, he's this pro- is on them. Oh, big guy, his promo sucks too. Let's have him talk. Yeah. So if they they protect him, maybe in a year, they I wouldn't even do him for an Undertaker match. I would just do that for no. a John Cena match when you have nothing better to do. I wouldn't even do it for John Cena match. I think. In a year, he's worked his way up to be in a tag match. I'm, like, so against Braun Strowman at this point. In a, in well, a year, he's going to be doing a comedy gimmick. But, well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. You you build him up for this year so you can get that one big semi-money match out of him. You know, it's it's what they do with these types of guys. And then after that, maybe he keeps around and keeps a job, you know, kind of like a Rusev does, where, all right, make or break, let's see if you're able to stick around and keep yourself here. We're going to pay or, you with some array. <laughs> Or you get a guy who, like, can't cut it and fucking disappears, like uh, Lex Luger. So Big Show Kane and Ryback win, which kind of questions, what exactly was this all for? Because if the Wyatt family would have came out on top, oh, could have kind of been a situation where maybe they need The Undertaker to come back and even the odds, but they don't. So... No, dude, this was obvious. This This, this was all to build Ryback. You didn't see like the camera was like stuck on him while like Kane and Big Show are patting him on the back, and he's got like a big shit eating grin on his face. I'm telling you, Ryback's winning the damn fucking uh, Andre the Memorial Battle Royal now. Andre the Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. So what's Wyatt doing? 
following the buzzards. I guess. Sitting in his fucking rocking chair like he didn't I mean, I, th- I was expecting him to attack Lesnar tonight. I thought they were going to continue that Royal Rumble thing. I'm pretty sure didn't... Lesnar's facing Ambrose. Which, at this point, I mean, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about the Lesnar match later on, but holy fuck, thank God they didn't interfere in that match. Mm. I mean, there's still chance that something happens on Raw, so... Sure. I'll be I'm... pissed if that happens, too. Even, even if it's not tomorrow night, it could happen in the next two, three weeks. Like, I really don't want to see... You know what? That's actually going to be something I'm going to be worried about now that you bring that up, is that they lost this match, and they're going to be like, well, we need to prove that we're the beating the fucking Titans, so we'll take out like, uh, Brock Lesnar. I don't want to see this shit at all in the slightest bit. I have no interest at all. And the fact that the Wyatt family lost here solidifies that even more. It's like, well, then you're a bunch of losers, so of course you're going to lose to Brock. Biggest issue with Lesnar versus Wyatt is Bray Wyatt isn't the guy that gets dominated in the entire match. Neither is Lesnar. It is a fucking weird pairing. It'll be clunky. It'll be odd. I don't want to see it. You know who I feel the worst for out of all this? Luke Harper. Yeah, it's way better than what he is in right now. That dude goes out there. He acts like the glue in every match where he does all the fucking work. And then usually either Braun Strowman ends up getting some kind of submission victory or more than likely Bray Wyatt gets the pinfall, takes all the credit for it. Luke Harper's like all blown up and sweaty and stuff because he, you know, wrestled more than anybody else. He's got to wear that nasty, crusty same T-shirt every fucking night. Yeah. And it's like, well, your consolation prize was some two-week Intercontinental Championship reign. That guy's got a big upside, got a big upside, and he can stick around in the IC division. Um, I think he needs to change up his gimmick and get away from Bray, but right now he's good in the spot that he is. He could I'd have a great baby face run whenever he does that. I'd love to see him clean up, you know, not necessarily has to shave his beard and all that like that I always said about Daniel Bryan but he could wear like different ring gear and he could be something outside of the Wyatt family and he could just be kind of like what Bradshaw went through you know he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw Blackjack Bradshaw eventually turned into APA and then started to kind of do something more him he always made himself kind of look like um Bruiser Brody so he could always do that be a firm kind of old school wrestler yeah, I think that's the that's the future for him. He could do that, but you know, I was gonna say who you know who has the perfect gimmick that he would go with, Baron Corbin. Hmm. You give him that lone wolf gimmick. You have him come out in like a leather vest. I think he'd be good as our troops tag partner. <laughs> God. Hopefully, he doesn't end up there. Harper over there. What's up? That that's Braun Strowman's spot someday. I don't even think Braun Strowman gets to that point. <laughs> Our truth is too good for that. Yeah, at this point, I'm real low on Braun Strowman. Uh, so, Ryback, you think Peyton is the guy who's going to get the biggest push out of this whole thing? Uh, Wego, anybody stand out to you on either side? Nope. Yeah, see, I didn't get the Ryback thing either. I mean, if I go back, I might be able to see what you're talking about, but I kind of... I'll admit, too, a lot of this was probably just me not paying attention because I was just like, I don't care at all. But... If Ryback does get a big push out of this, cool. I like Ryback. New ring yeah. gear, you know? I hope Big Show ends up winning that Andre Battle Royal two times in a two times in a row. Kane could. I mean, he never won the Royal Rumble. Could be like a consolation prize. So what, are we just going to give it to everybody that's never won a Rumble? Yeah, Mark Henry can win next time around, too. <laughs> uh, let's see, we had our Divas Championship match. Charlotte defended against Brie Bella. Better match than I expected. I have to admit. All right, so Drew isn't here, so something, something, Charlotte's face, ugly, something, something, disgusting, something, something. 
Drew is in the chat. He just sent a heart. So I guess that's kind of what he's talking about. What did you guys think about the quality of the match? Was this uh, better than you expected, or was this something that could have been better? I think Brie fought with an amazing intensity. Like, she went out there, and she just poured her heart out in this match. And she dedicated this match to Nikki and Daniel. And you could tell, and it's it's really heartbreaking, actually, that she didn't win. Like, I, I'm not normally a person who cares that much about Brie Bella, but this was a story that really should have had her win, and with how much she went out there and fought, it, it was rough. She's If she's retiring, there's no need for her to have the title. It'd be better that Sasha Banks takes it off of Charlotte after she's got heat beating a Brie Bella. I gave you one thing that bugged me about this match, and it's something that's a recurring theme. I don't like Ric Flair being involved in this. Oh, I can't fucking stand Okay, Rick, I am perfectly fine with Ric Flair being the manager if he assumes the role of a manager. He's not doing that. He just walks to the ring, smiles, woos, talk for the girl. She can't talk. Mm-hmm. And he gets involved, but he gets involved in awkward ways. Like, he kind of botched it tonight. Apron. Yeah, kissing Becky Lynch. and It's too, like, isn't Ric Flair weird and funny and I don't think it's funny anymore so like you just kind of push him off to the side and let Charlotte do her own thing and if she sucks at it then stop pushing her and if she doesn't suck at it then she can continue to do it you know here's the thing Flair can be a really good manager just look at his work when he was with with Evolution he'd come in take bumps do distractions cut a good promo for a guy like Batista Flair is a great asset as a manager. You've just got to use him right. Yeah. He's overbearing in this. Well, yeah. I mean, he's just got to stand there, so he's just kind of awkward and just smiling really hard. He probably gets bored. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to just stand there. I want to, you know, draw attention to myself. and. Maybe that. if he's... Maybe if he talks, he'll cry so they don't let him talk. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I loved everybody jumping on the idea that Charlotte started bleeding in this match. And she's like, ah, oh, there you go, another flare bleeding. <laughs> like, she had like a little bit of a cut on her nose, and it was just like, typical flare, fucking bleeding all over the place. <laughs> Why isn't she using like the flare flop regularly? She, I know she's done it in a couple matches, but if she's going to be out there with flare, she needs to start using all these mannerisms. Well, she, she needs she, to. Take on a couple more of those so she can forget to do the woo a couple more times. I thought the flare flop was Reed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's the dead one. I, I yeah. Meant, I meant the yeah, jeez. Yeah. yeah, you have to say David Flair. David, Reed. I'm sorry. That's why we were just like, oh, Jesus Christ. You can't say Reed. That's the good one. That's like the one that could have been everything because he died. No, no, I meant I meant David, the one that was shitty in WCW that really was bad. I'm pretty sure that what Payne just said was, fuck the whole Flair family, and he's glad that certain family members are dead. And all that. He said... He said he's happy he's died. He wish uh, the Von Erichs went faster than that. No, what I meant to say was, I wish that Reed died in the womb. <laughs> hey, if WWE could use that for heat, I think it's okay to joke about. <laughs> you know what? He has a point. It was just great because we had, I, we could actually hear the moment in your head where you're like, oh. I mean, the other non-offensive thing. <laughs> or at least the less offensive thing. 
Uh, let's see what we had next was AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho. Styles wins via submission after Jericho kicked out of the Styles Clash. And I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, might have been you actually, Peyton, saying that it was too early to be having somebody kick out of the Styles Clash. Is it still mm-hmm. bugging you? I mean, it didn't particularly bug me. I, I think it was an odd choice. I mean, this guy's just coming in here and this is this impactful move that has a reputation behind it for literally breaking guys' necks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe they want to break that. Maybe they want to get away from that because they are kind of undergoing a lawsuit right now for people getting actually hurt. I don't know. I don't know what their thinking was, or maybe they weren't thinking. Well, you didn't have to worry about it when he did it to Jericho. Um... No, but Jericho, I mean, Styles had to worry when Jericho was taking him off the rope. Speaking of nobody breaking that redneck. (laughs) Jesus, that was like... See? There ain't no breaking it. Styles is fine. You can drop him on his head as many times as you want. (laughs) That was just like, as soon as he started like wobbling, I'm like, oh, don't tell me this is going to be one of those situations like with Sting getting injured and with like uh, Rollins out. I actually may have, if Styles got injured, I think I might have rage quit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would have just been like the final nail in the coffin, you know what I mean? If they would have invested all this time and money and effort and all that into getting Styles and building him up as like, I know that WrestleMania is going to possibly suck this year, guys, but we got Styles. Isn't that cool? And then it's like, ah, but we don't have Styles anymore either. Styles like, got injured. I would have been like, fuck it. Nakamura's going to die tomorrow. I'm going to <laughs> Right. <laughs> Everybody who's decent just starts looking around their shoulders. Just like, oh, man, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Then this Heath Slade just sitting there going, huh, it's kind of nice. Just leans back in his chair, counting his money. <laughs> Rock solid match, though. These guys have good chemistry together, and... Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised at all that I enjoyed what this. What was match. the match we're talking about again? Styles and Jericho. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really got off there? <laughs> Good people versus the universe. <laughs> no, these guys kicked ass. The, this this is the match we've been waiting for between these guys. I I knew they were holding back in these last couple matches they had on TV. So I, I was waiting to see when they would pull it out. I didn't know if it was going to be here or if they were going to build this out to another WrestleMania match. But I'm happy they did it here. The match kicked ass. The ending like threw me off a little bit because he nailed that Styles Clash. It's not even like it was kind of weak or he struggled. Like he he solidly hit that and spun him over fast enough where that pin should have hit. But I get it. They they also wanted to put over his new submission finisher, so that's fine. Uh, and then the post match stuff with them shaking hands, very touching, fantastic job. Uh, it, it absolves Jericho of all the somewhat heat he was building up the last couple weeks for being an asshole to AJ. So all is good in the world. Kind of was hoping that he would have turned heel, though. Ah, no, I'm over Jericho terms. Um, I did enjoy Jericho uh, trash-talking Styles when he was on the mat. You're <laughs> stupid! You're a very <laughs> stupid man! Yeah, it's like, as PG as you can get. Well, you're a dumb face! <laughs> oh, no, he got bleeped. Oh, yeah, he did? did say son of a bitch. Yeah, you're a stupid son of a bitch, and he got bleeped. They yeah, bleeped him for stupid son of a bitch, but they let Big Show say fucking shit and all that. I don't think they really... Like, I actually listened back to that Austin podcast, but on his iTunes feed, as opposed mm-hmm. to um, the networks, and he went, um, yeah, I don't think Show knew that we were live on the network, because he was getting real comfortable. Um, so, yeah, this is why it's on the Unleashed version. <laughs> I listened to it, too, and I didn't watch it. I listened to it the same way, and there's, like, a point where, like, he gets a case of beer, and he's like, oh, can I just open this up now? Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't even wait for an answer. He just does it. <laughs> And Austin's just like, well, you're, you're, uh, you're I guess you gotta talk to Vince, but you gotta talk to Vince, but I guess you're just drinking it now anyway, so 
I couldn't have, have gone over that bad. I mean, he just won his match tonight, so. Yeah, but he didn't win it. <laughs> Instead, Ryback's getting this push afterward, and they're like, well, we really want a big show to win this match, but fuck that guy. In fact, you're going to get his beer next time, too. They probably heard him go, so how um, do you think WWE booked your character? We've not enough integrity. Fuck that guy! <laughs> Speaking of promos, by the way, we had our Cutting Edge Peep Show with The New ah, Day. Ah, fuck it, I'm going. All right, moving on. This was, oh, man. Uh, this and the segment that followed, which we'll get to next. You want to talk about doing a bathroom break before a main event? Holy shit, this was like 30 solid minutes of skip. And this was just a bomb in all regards. I mean, I I love Edge. Big fan of Christian, even though I pick on him a lot. I love I love Edge. Big fan of Christian. He doesn't get love, though. No, no, no. Not as much. Edge is one of my five favorites of all time, I would say. Christian, I can't put in that same regard. But I do really like Christian. And I have talked about the New Day ad nauseum about how much I am a big fan of their characters. But holy fuck, this was annoying. Just stop saying booty and doing nothing else. (laughs) The Edge and Christian stuff was, like, as tame as it could possibly be. And nothing was memorable. The League of Nations come out to do nothing. They they literally go into the ring, tell everybody to leave. They decide that they're just going to leave. And then the League of Nations leaves. I like how everybody chanted along with Christian. Oh, wait. Watch I didn't understand, our like, show. I didn't understand who was on whose side. Neither like, did I. Edge and Christian like... are stirring shit with New Day. New Day stirs shit with Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian stirs shit with... Liga Nations. Liga Nations stirs shit with New Day. New Day bails. Liga Nations stirs shit with Edge and Christian. Then New Day and Edge and Christian team up to stir shit with Liga Nations. Like, what the fuck is going on here? I think think the only definitive thing we can say is that nobody's on the side of the Ascension. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was just so freaking random. Um, It was like, well, fuck you. Fuck you. Well, you know what else? Fuck the Liga Nations. You know what? You're right. Fuck the Liga Nations. And then the League of Nations come out and they're like, hey, we're not even a part of this. Fuck you guys. And they're like, nah. Watch our show. Watch our show. Watch our show. <laughs> Jesus, this was a pain in the ass. And this is exactly what bugs me about shit like Fastlane. Because it's like, dude, you take out all the amount of time that we did with the recaps and all the pre-show stuff that was unnecessary. And, you know, well, we've got a the first fall, the two out of three falls match. Let's cut to a commercial again or whatever. This was just a full-on commercial. They ran so many already. If you weren't going to watch the Cutting Edge, uh, the Edging Christian, Totally Awesome, whatever show, I stopped paying attention to what the hell it's called. If oh, you, you know the show where Mick Foley talks about setting his scrotum on fire? Yeah, that's basically just, uh, scrotum, scrotum. <laughs> Balls are funny. <laughs> if you weren't going to watch it already, you would not have changed your mind from this segment. And if you didn't know that this was happening then you don't watch WWE and you weren't paying attention anyway. So what the hell did this accomplish? The only good thing was that they got Tony Schimble to come out. So we had that rated R superstar thing again. And you can see Edge cracking up too. That was great. I love that they do that every time. And I love that the commentators acknowledge it. It's like, oh man, Chibble's here. No, so it's fucking like, Chibble. Is Chibble still on payroll? Or are they just like fly him out every once in a while to give him a payday? I think he's on Edge's payroll. <laughs> like he announces him everywhere he goes mm-hmm, I think he's like Ricardo Rodriguez for uh, Alberta <laughs> he just like pays him in like roast beef sandwiches or something like that just gonna, like... Uh, no I bet you could pay him in Snickers no that's Nia Jax <laughs> <laughs> but man this was a, a 
pain in the ass. And it could have been so great, too. But we didn't even get set up for, like, I was thinking at the very least of what we were going to get here when the League of Nations was mentioned and they were going to come out. I'm like, oh, maybe we're going to get, like, Rusev and Barrett against uh, Big E and Kofi. Nah, I'm just going to leave. And then you've got the possibility that maybe they're trying to set up something for WrestleMania. But if they did, this doesn't make me excited for it. Oh, man. They're saying we're not, not doing anything with Barrett. Well, we'll really not do something with him and show them. Yeah, what was the uh, quote that I think it was Edge said? It was something like, well, Barrett hasn't even had a chance to grimace at somebody yet or something like that. Like, It's like, well, that's all the guy does now. Certainly doesn't wrestle a match. Man, I just, I, I didn't like this segment at all. This is one of my least favorite parts of the night. And I think the only thing that I liked uh, the least, like even more than this, was what followed it. Fucking social outcasts come out, and it's Curtis Axel versus R-Truth. And Goldust just has his, like, I'm gonna help you out. Whoops, sorry, buddy. I don't care. I'm so fucking... uh, The opposite of into this whole R-Truth and Goldust feud. What's the... Not this. Alright, I got no comment on this. It was just there. What's the... This was such a waste. Yep. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts that anybody has in the chat or something about this? Uh, start leaving those comments. I haven't noticed anything that we, we haven't really touched Declan on McC yet. Declan just dropped some knowledge. Tony uh, Chimmel is still on payroll, and he is apparently WWE's longest-serving current employee. Wouldn't that be Kevin Dunn? Wouldn't it be Howard Finkel? Uh, Finkel still works for the company. Well, Finkel left for a while. Uh huh. Consistently, Kevin Dunn's been there for a long time. I mean, he took over for his dad, right? Yeah, Kevin Dunn. Well, no, didn't Kevin Dunn like come in in the late nineties? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think he was a beaver tooth motherfucker then. Well, he well that was his job then, but I don't think he was on WWE's payroll. <laughs> when did Angry Beavers go off the air? <laughs> yeah so fuck this match uh, <laughs> I love how whenever we have a flat segment we're like so uh, fuck Kevin Dunn oh yeah fuck Kevin Dunn or some other person just add somebody else to the fuck that guy club our main event of the night was a number one contenders match it was a triple threat match between Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose to determine who would challenge Triple H for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestlemania we all kind of knew Roman Reigns was going to win this match, but I have to admit, there was one point in it where I was just like, oh shit, don't tell me they're going to actually do Dean Ambrose. And uh, that Dirty Deeds, that was a close pinfall. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's kicking out. Especially with the time. More than likely, of course, but... I also look at the clock every time there's a pinfall after a finishing move, and I'm like, nah, he's safe. Oh, uh, see, I don't bother doing that, so that probably would have... If it would have had 20 minutes left, I probably would have been like, in the same boat. Just, alright, well we got 20 minutes, so fuck it, it's not gonna work. What did you guys think about this? Was Brock booked in a good enough way where he didn't look too weak? Nah, he needed to go for the third table. There was three tables out there. Who were the, uh, the German guys? It was like, um, Sebastian what? Hankel or something like Who that, I think. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> well, well, I was curious, because these guys just kind of came out of nowhere, and I was, at the I beginning of the night, care. 
No, at the beginning the of the night, I was like, you, "Why are we having the German people out there?" Remember, and then it became, "Oh, because of the two table spots." No, like, they, I don't remember what pay per view it was, but they had a German. Maybe it was Royal Rumble when we were there. They had the three tables as well, and they had the German announce team, and there was like five of them at the fucking table. Really? Yeah, but there was like <laughs> way too many people. I think they were just trying them all at once, and whoever was the best, they kept. <laughs> well, so, they're down to these two at the very least. I always wondered, like. They, they do they have they must have announced teams for every language like where where are they stationed you really think they have like a specific announced team for something like uh i don't know ghana well, i'm not saying every like finite little language but every major language like i imagine they got one for like portuguese and you know obviously french hmm. like like imagine they just had tables for all these and they just like surrounded the whole ring <laughs> just had a whole circle of these tables there the dudleys would love it Maybe not anymore. TLC just turns into T T T T T T T. Shit ton of tables, pay per view. But I thought that Lesnar was booked all right. You know, double teaming up against him makes sense. He didn't take uh, the pinfall loss, so that's good. And as I said before, so happy that the Wyatt family didn't come out because that wouldn't have been like in the slightest bit entertaining to me. And I'm okay with Lesnar uh, obviously not winning the match. I'm okay with Reigns winning the match. I'm okay with Reigns pinning Ambrose. So, good enough. I mean, thought it was a fun match. It was definitely, agree, a, disagree? definitely a solid main event. I have nothing ill to say about the match itself other than the ending. Um, it's kind of a case that I just didn't get what I wanted. And, like... <laughs> and we we kind of always expected uh, Roman Reigns to get the win, and I'm not a Roman Reigns hater. I just think Dean Ambrose is the better option. Ben, uh, do you think it would have been better if it would have gone for Ambrose? Heck yes, one hundred percent. Just listen to the crowd reaction when they came out. Yeah, Dean Ambrose came out. The crowd went Ooh. wild. Roman Reigns came out, and it was the definition of a mixed reaction. Yeah, and if that's what they want, as they're big hero heading into wrestlemania okay <laughs> what the fuck do i know i guess <laughs> like that uh, dean ambrose is, Triple H is gonna be wanted. the baby face in that match yeah that's it's what's very, gonna very suck likely. if that happens and there's a real good chance that happens too and, and if that's the case matter of fact now that we know that this is the match this cannot be the main event what would be though Quite, unless if they it's can, Cena Taker, that would be it. Unless if they, they do get put, Cena Taker, then yeah. Unless they can put Dean Ambrose in that match. Which, so if they do that, Ambrose needs to win the title. Because mm-hmm. they can't do Ambrose Reigns and Triple H and not have Ambrose win. I mean, like, yeah, but, even in this match, like they were stupid enough to think that Reigns would get the better reaction. Or they just don't care. Could be that. They could right. just be like, well, fuck everybody else. And, and I have to correct Ben Guest. John Cena does not get that kind of reaction anymore. John Cena gets people that does the John Cena sucks, but they do it like in jest. It's kind of the Kurt Angle thing. Yeah, John Cena is like pretty close to universally liked at this point. And here's the thing: even when he gets booed, it's certain cities. Like he's mm. either he doesn't really get mixed anymore. It's either overwhelmingly good or bad. Hmm. Now, I do agree that if we have a situation where it's just Reigns and Triple H, they can't make this the main event. But I'm also starting to think here, the fact that we got Lesnar and Ambrose and we didn't get the Wyatt family, 
really, really makes me want to see those two against each other. And I've been kind of hoping that that would be the case over the past couple of weeks or so. But a lot of it, I have to admit, I was kind of thinking that way just because I didn't want to see the Wyatt family versus Lesnar. Now, I'm sold that these two could have a hell of a street fight or something. There's got to be a gimmick because I don't buy Dean Ambrose fighting him in a real fight. No, it's got to be. They've already established he can't stand five minutes in the ring with Lesnar. Yeah. But that would be something that could really help this pay-per-view, I think. If you look at Ambrose versus Lesnar in a whatever the fuck they want to call it, an ODQ, Extreme Rules, whatever the fuck, you know, they're all the same. That compared to... A what match? Texas death match. Yeah, anything like that. Hell yeah, that'd be great. That's going to sell so much more than just Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know what point it was during this match. I think it was uh, when Dean Ambrose fired himself up and slapped Brock Lesnar in the face. I think that's the moment where it really hit me. I was like, oh man, we're getting Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. Like, I, I was just completely absolved of thinking that Bray Wyatt had anything to do with Brock Lesnar anymore. And that was also the point of realization where I was like, ah, oh, well, that means Roman Reigns is winning. Yeah. I, I have no problem with Lesnar versus Ambrose. I think that's going to be a kick-ass match. And the banter between Paul Heyman and Ambrose will be really fun. And I think we're going to see Ambrose have to go to levels that we've never seen him before. This guy, for those who don't know, has a very violent background. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the kind of guy who took like weed whackers to the head and shit. So <laughs> he he could go pretty far. I don't expect him to do anything quite like that, but uh, we could see a very, very interesting. Well, wasn't he just in like a really kind of yeah? Him and Kevin Owens, right? He had a relatively violent match recently. Somewhat the uh, last man standing match. That was Rumble, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Rumble. Okay, yeah. Now. And we'll have more time to talk about this if they do actually announce something like that. But just since the whole basis of this is get our opinions right when they're coming out there, whatever like that. If we do get Ambrose versus Lesnar, you guys think Ambrose should win? That's who I would end up wanting nope. to see win. Lesnar needs to win. Lesnar has really looked weak lately. I think Ambrose will be able to take a lot of shots at the Beast, but in the end, the Beast has to win. You can be elevated by losing to Brock Lesnar, and I'm a firm believer that Brock Lesnar should win 99.9% of all his matches. The fact is, this guy has more credentials than any pro wrestler um, in real combat sports yeah. and in his own craft. The Same dude... with the people who hate JBL. The way JBL was putting over Brock Lesnar when he was coming out, the way he was just running down his rap sheet, youngest IWGP wrestling champion ever the perfect fighting machine. Like he was just running down how great Brock UFC was. champion, the NCAA champion. This guy is the most legit guy they have in the company. And the sooner you have him lose often, like the, as soon as you have him lose on a regular basis, it becomes an issue. Um, we all remember after he lost to Cena, it kind of took some of the, um, his character away from him, but he rectified that by beating the undertaker. And we're getting to that point now where Lesnar's starting to lose his effect. So he needs to beat Dean Ambrose, and he needs to do it convincingly. Uh, Lesnar's not the guy... I I know people have this thing where they hate part-timers, and they, they think every part-timer should just come in to jump to people. Then they stop being an attraction. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at uh, <clears throat> AJ versus Jericho. If it would have just been three matches where AJ Styles won, nobody would have given a shit. 
But I still kind of think that Ambrose needs something. Like, Ambrose is just, like, he's always the dude who gets to the to the dance and then falls short. I yeah, want this dude to be a yeah, big, never, big player have, in the he's, future. He's still early in his Daniel Bryan, right? Dean Ambrose, I don't, I don't know why you're so down on De- Dean Ambrose's position. I mean, this is a guy who's been in that upper mid-card main event area doing something for the last number of years. Like, there's been no problem with Dean Ambrose. He's been selling a butt-ton of merch. He's been a poster boy for a number of pay-per-views. He was put in a movie. Dean Ambrose that is movie's, just movie doesn't matter for shit. <laughs> Don't talk about that, because that's like uh, Miz doing his thing with Paige. That didn't come to anything. Nothing happened okay, to Summer Okay, you know Ray what? You can say thing. that, but it does put him into an acting environment. It gives him an extra set of skills. He could practice on his his acting, which will help him in his wrestling ability, but also... You know, a lot of these wrestlers, they need to find alternatives of what to do with their lives. And maybe having a film under their belt and in their reel is something that they can use to have legitimacy to go into Hollywood afterward, which we're seeing more and more wrestlers do. Yeah, but to me, that's not something that helps out his credibility for what's happening with WWE right now. Uh, No, but it does help him as far as his credibility with his position in the company. That's a guy who they're going to keep on their payroll and pay lucratively and eventually when they feel like the time is right, will pull the trigger on. Hopefully getting, they actually do. He's getting a WWE title reign, and I'm fine if it does if it takes three years, because he's not a guy that needs the title on him. He's a, a crazy eccentric character that you can put in any position he will face. Fair enough. So, does this pay-per-view overall, you know, make you more excited or less excited for WrestleMania? It didn't affect it. Slightly more. Not not significantly, slightly more. As I said, this is the equivalent of what would have been like a Saturday night's main event, where it would have just slightly raised interest in what's coming up further down the line. It was something somewhat special, but not like, you know, I'm not going to put this on the event of the year or anything. We didn't really get much out of it. That's my biggest issue. I mean, we got Triple H versus Roman Reigns, but let's face it, we've all been expecting that for a while now. We potentially got Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose, but nothing was set in stone with that. And I don't think the rest of the card really established any matches going forwards, unless I'm missing something obvious. See, I think a good indicator is going to be what happens tomorrow night on Raw. Or, well, tonight, technically, if you're probably listening to this in four more minutes. But this is the type of thing where this didn't do anything to hurt WrestleMania for me, unless tomorrow night they build on this in a way that I don't like it. I think you're not seeing the overall picture here, Wake. Okay, so you do have our main event finally set up. I mean, you had Triple H coming out there and and getting in Roman Reigns' face, so we had our face-to-face setting up for WrestleMania. Perfect way to go off the air. You have AJ Styles being solidified as a player in this company. Sure, his past may have counted, but you ain't nothing until you do something where you're at. And as Jericho even said, what have you done for me lately? And he had this fantastic starting feud with Jericho. Jericho not only you know, got beat by him, but then showed him respect afterwards. So AJ Styles looks like a big player. Charlotte looks like a stronger champion and has gotten heat for beating Bree in a very heartbreaking manner. Ryback is the guy I was saying before. He's got a big focus out of this tag match, and he's the one I'm thinking is going to be looking like the strongest going into this Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They did a lot to build WrestleMania tonight. Hmm. Well, we'll see definitely after, I guess, on Raw and see which direction they're taking this in because... Eh, I don't see any feuds itself going forwards. That's fair, but that's that's what the next month of Raw is for. 
Yeah, we get to see all the matches early and then repeated at Mania. <laughs> and we may see a few done that way. <laughs> that, that's that's the fault of that point. But as far as tonight's show, I, I think it did its job. Yeah, if you look at just the show itself, I thought that it was fine. Like, yeah, this was a hell of a lot better than a lot of episodes of Monday Night Raw and all that other kind of stuff. So I can't really, you know, if you compare it to a pay per view, it's gonna suck. If you compare it to an episode of Raw, it's better. But it it really depends, I think, on what we do tomorrow night. Because if this is the type of story where. You know, they go, well, we set up on Fastlane that this is going to happen and we're going to build on it on Monday Night Raw and that's going to build up to this great thing at WrestleMania where it's going to be like, say, we have like, like, here's an example of something I'm worried about for tomorrow night. I don't want Paul Heyman to go out there, talk about how Brock Lesnar's dominant and it was a fluke that he didn't win and that he can crush anybody in the company and then the Wyatt family to come out and be like, fuck you, no, 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 we need to prove ourselves. That is something I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see Goldust and R-Truth have an argument of, you cost me my match last week, and we'll, you know, let's have another match with the social outcast to prove that that wasn't uh, your fault or whatever. I don't want a Monday Night Raw that piggybacks off of this because I don't think there's enough strength to piggyback off of. And if that's the case, probably not going to like Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. But it all depends. Could end up being in a situation where we get a bad not that, not that this was a bad pay-per-view, because it wasn't. We could get a pay-per-view that's kind of mundane, little blah, and something great happens from that, or we get them falling downhill. I think anything short of AJ Styles winning all the titles will probably be shit. <laughs> you might have to worry a little bit on that one. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Brian the Brain bringing it up, yeah, we got the Vince's uh, Excellence Award or whatever it Oh, was do you know who'd be a great guy for that? AJ Styles. <laughs> I thought uh, at the very least you would have said Reed Flair, but <laughs> I think Peyton would have disagreed. <laughs> so overall, what was your highlight and your low point of this pay-per-view, Wago? So my high point has to go to AJ Styles. Or as Drew said it the other night, AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean... Could it be anything else other than that uh, Edge segment for the worst? Jesus Christ, Edge and Christian. Um, I love those guys, but drizzling shits. Hmm. Peyton, highlight low point? Highlight for me, I'm actually going to give to both Chris Jericho and AJ Styles, because I think they both went out there and did a fantastic job with their match tonight, and they both played a key role. Jericho being the grizzled veteran, AJ Styles being the grizzled rookie veteran. He's more of a saggy. He's more of a saggy veteran. <laughs> okay, uh, and I'm also going to agree with uh, my low point is going to have to go to that whole they like kind of combined cutting edge peep show whatever the fuck it was. Uh, I especially I mean Edge and Christian had the furthest fall from grace in this, but New Day was still the worst in this. They are just fucking awful, and they even just pointed out everything that's awful about them, and it is like yeah. Yeah, we're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, but we could gyrate a little faster now. <laughs> and I got to kind of echo the same arguments. I mean, worst thing of the show, Cutting Edge Peep Show. Best thing on the show, AJ Styles and Jericho. Just a pretty simple explanation. We already talked about it all, so. I'd just know, like to say there. right now it's pretty sweet just to be sitting back and going, you see? Told you he was the best in the world. That wouldn't go that far. Yeah, AJ <laughs> Styles. He was the best of the night. Best in the world. Yes, Jericho is, we know. <laughs> no, he's the best at what he does. He's best the, the king world of the world. 
He's rinking. Yeah, but he's not E.G. Styles. Styles. He's Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so, for all those listening to the archived edition, make sure you leave your comments below. Tell us what you thought of this pay-per-view and what you are excited about and not excited about for what's happening next on Monday Night Raw and the build-up to WrestleMania and what we're going to get at WrestleMania as well. And for all those listening in the chat right now, thank you all guys for listening to us and giving your opinions throughout the show. We appreciate that quite a bit. Last thing for us to do here is just promote some stuff that we got going on. Peyton, you're up first. You are listening to us live on Mega Powers Radio, maybe. If you are not, you should be joining us live on Mega Powers Radio for other shows like the Raw Post Show, which follows up Raw every single Monday night where we talk more wrestling. Dish Man Show on Tuesday nights. Uh, we do these shows after every pay-per-view, and we have other random things popping up on there. Best thing to do is to follow Mega Powers Radio on Facebook <laughs> or Twitter. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitch. I've been doing lots of gaming streams lately, so if you are a fan of watching Let's Plays or just video games in general and me, find me on Twitch at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. That's Mr. Payton. Do you play Let's Plays or do you play Let's Plays? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. And if you don't hate Ric Flair's dead children, you can follow me at Stephen Wago on Twitter. That's Stephen spelt with a P-H, the correct way to do it, and I will catch you guys on the flip-flop. You see, it's still Mike's line. You sure it's not an S-H? <laughs> all right guys keep paying attention to smartoutmoment.com we've got some more things coming your way next episode of smack talk is going to be the mailbag so if there's any questions you want to submit for our february q a inbox go ahead and send those in through all the different methods that you can send them in and we'll answer whatever you uh put in there we got stuff from Fanboys Anonymous as well. Recently, we just did a Pokemon 20th anniversary retrospective, so if that's something that you're into, go check that out. We got the Oscars coming up, so we're going to pay attention to that as well. On the movie side of things, are all on Fanboys to Blue Brand. All Talk Show, you never know where that's going to pop up, so follow at All Talk Show to figure that out. And just pay attention to the articles as well, because if we end up having some more stuff that's happening on the wrestling side of things, SmarkoutMoment.com will be posting about that. So... Again, thank you all for listening, everybody. I'm Tony Mango. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.